we're in chapter number six. And uh, they say you can't teach old dogs new tricks, but this old dog figured I better make some kind of a change because my hands shake. And uh, I probably have that because of God judging me. I had a friend in Florida who was retired Air Force and retired postal worker. And he had a terrible shake like this. And uh, I used to always kid him about shaking, you know. And I think maybe the Lord's given me that problem now. So anyhow... uh, I've had trouble with my Bible. Uh, I've never used an electronic device to speak out of before, so uh, we're going to see how that goes. I better turn it on. That's the first thing. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I never, uh, I've never used one of these. Uh, I, I use it for my daily Bible reading, and I use it occasionally to to look up stuff. But I never have used it to teach from or preach from. But the reason that I'm wanting to try this is because my hands uh, shake and I've lost about all my dexterity in my fingers. And so to turn a page or something, I'm like this. And and I I don't turn one, I turn about 10 pages. And then I and anyhow, it's, it's just got to be uh, annoying to me, and I know it would probably be a distraction to others as well. Now, this should be a, a remedy. I don't know. It would maybe add to the problem or, or take care of it. I don't know which. But um, it's certainly going to cut down on the clutter up here. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 6 give you a little bit of background and setting for this chapter because this begins a section. We're still in the things which are hereafter. They started in chapter 4. But um, chapter 4 and 5, we were in heaven. Those chapters go together as one unit, and we taught on that the last two weeks. If you... uh, we're not able to be here. I, I believe these are taped. I have never listened to one or uh, found out how do you get them, whether it's Facebook or how. I don't know how you access it, but uh, somebody here could tell you. That it's on the church site, and they are recording these, and you can pick it up if you miss one or if you just started. <clears throat> we could not possibly repeat every time, or we never would get through the book. And uh, chapter 6 starts a new section, which goes up through chapter 19, about verse 4 of chapter 19. This is a large section, in fact, the largest section of the book of Revelation. And uh, it's a very difficult section, because uh, this is the one that uh, talks about a lot of the judgments and, and different things, and and uh, the order is not just what we're accustomed to. For instance, when we studied chapters 2 and 3, it was the seven churches, and they were in a chronological order, and we could take a, a, church, a, a church each week, and we went systematically through those two chapters, and there was unity in it, and it, of course, prophesied the entire church age. And so, of over 2,000 years of history. And then, in chapter 4 and 5, I say, we went to heaven. The the Bible says, come up hither. And and John was taken from the Isle of Patmos up to heaven. And uh, it's where the rapture, we believe, takes place at that time. Uh, In chapter 4, verse 1, you should be familiar with that verse. And then, uh, we... We covered chapter 5 about the throne, uh, the, the throne chapter and Christ on the throne and being worthy, the only one worthy to open the seals to the scroll, the book that was in the hand of God the Father. It's God the Father on the throne. 
God the Son, the Lamb, receives or takes the scroll from the Father's hand. God the Holy Spirit is there in the form of the Holy Spirit uh, doing his work uh, throughout that time. Now, I see one thing right away. This thing doesn't stay on very long. I don't know. Uh, there it is again. Okay. So, uh, let's just um, open your Bible to Revelation. Do what? Just touch it. Oh, touch it every now and then? Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm an, I touched it all right and it went out. <clears throat> I better not touch it. All right, this is a main uh, action in the book of Revelation. This is a very important section that we're entering into, uh, this chapter number 6. Uh, in chapter 5, we saw that by the right of creation and by the right of redemption, Christ has taken this uh, scroll out of the Father's hand, uh, which we believe is representative of the title deed to the earth. And... Um, Satan has had possession. He still has today because this is future. This hasn't happened yet, but this is going to happen. Uh, and today, Satan is the prince and the power of the air. He is the god of this world. That's why we're in this world, but we're not to be of this world. Uh, this world is not our home. As the song says, we're just a passing through. And uh, we live for eternity. And that's where our citizenship lies today. But here in chapter 6, uh, we find that it's a very important uh, chapter. In, in chapter uh, 5, we, we saw in heaven he was worthy uh, by the right of, uh, of uh, creation as well as redemption uh, to open these seals. And... Um, uh, it's in, in, in the day we live in is the day of grace. Uh, this time in, in history is future, and this is a time of judgment. Uh, it's a different uh, age altogether, and you, you need to keep that in mind. Now, um, we'll be looking through this section, chapter 6 through 19, the the seals, the trumpets, the vows, and I gave you that chart uh, that you can use for self-study and use it to your advantage. Don't let it be a, a hurt to you, but occasionally I'll make reference to it and you can see why I, I believe as I do that this chapter 6 is really a preview or overview of the entire period of chapter 6 through 19. All these judgments are contained within this. And we'll go through these uh, seals and perhaps you'll uh, understand as I do. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's the proper interpretation. Uh, the book must be uh, studied as same as any other book of the Bible. In other words, uh, uh, you cannot uh, say it's all symbolism uh, and you can't say it's all literalism. Uh, you have to distinguish and the passage itself, whether it's literal or symbolic. And uh, we have here an example with, with these uh, seals, uh, as, as it were. We read that uh, there in, uh, in the um, verse. Well, let's just start by reading verse number 1 and 2, which covers the first seal. And this talks about the rider on the white horse. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise uh, of thunder. Notice the, the phrase, as it were. That's telling you this is symbolic now. Uh, this is for us to understand. It's like a, an illustration or a picture for us to look at. And he, it's, it's telling us how things are. It's a noise of a thunder and one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And by the way, when, it, when it's the elder speaking, it's always speaking of heaven and a beast that concerns with the earth. That's just a little thing you can remember that might help you uh, along also. Verse 2, and I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow 
and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, uh, I'm, I'm debating how much of my notes I'm going to use because we want to cover this entire chapter, and so uh, perhaps I'll have to refer to them some, but I just want you to just keep your eyes on your Bible and let's go of what it says, okay? Let's look at this a little bit closer, beginning in verse 2. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth to conquer, uh, conquering and to conquer. Now, we need to identify the person that's on this horse. Uh, many people... Uh, are, um, have a misunderstanding by identifying this to be Christ. Because, and I can understand why they would have that confusion, because in chapter 19, there's another white horse. That one comes at the end of this tribulation time. This is at the beginning. This is the first seal. And so it's two different times both white horses, but two different riders. This is just the opposite of Christ. This is the Antichrist. The Antichrist. And so uh, he, he's on this horse, uh, white horse, and uh, of course he has a bow. Now a bow is a symbol of war, but a bow is useless as a weapon without arrows, right? Uh, he has no arrows. He just has a bow. Uh, and that tells us something about it because his, his actions are going to be that of peace. This is a, a diplomatic, a diplomat. This is what we used to call old flannel mouth, you know, just smooth talker. And uh, he's going to be very good at uh, fooling people. And he, has, he was given a crown. A crown was given uh, unto him because... Uh, he can't have anything unless God permits it. This is all in the permissive will of God. Uh, God's letting him run with it, just like he did with uh, Pharaoh. Uh, you know how he allowed Pharaoh, he hardened his heart, the Bible says, and, and he used his hardness and his wickedness to bring about his will uh, for Moses and his people. And so here... Uh, this one has a bow and a, and, a, and a crown that was given to him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Uh, this is, as you notice on that chart, is the, in the first half of the tribulation. Uh, the first half of the tribulation is a t characterized by peace. But now we're going to tell you right now, it's not going to be peace like you think peace. Uh, it's, it's peace in the sense that there's going to be a an agreement that the Antichrist is going to make with Jews, the Jewish nation, and, and making an agreement with them to have peace. Uh, that's what they've been trying to get in a, their own efforts. Uh, we know you'll never have peace in this world as long as wicked men have control and Satan's in control of the world. Uh, not until the Prince of Peace comes will there be peace. But he comes with a false peace. He has no war, no fighting here. There's no bloodshed uh, in this uh, uh, conquering that he does. He does it through diplomatic uh, means and by uh, making agreements and signing an agreement primarily with Israel. Now, when he signs that agreement, that's going to actually begin to clock the tick on the seven-year period of time that Daniel talked about, the 70th week in Daniel's prophecy. That does not start until that agreement is, is signed. Now, it stands to reason there's going to be time between the rapture and this signing of this agreement. Uh, he's not going to be, the Antichrist is not going to be identified. Don't try to figure out who he is. Because the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that, that he'll not be revealed until after the rapture. And I'm not sticking around. Now, you can stick around if you want, but I'm not sticking around. 
I could care less who he is. I know he is. Now, the, the fact is, though, and this, this might really give you some serious thought, he could be alive today. We don't know. Now, he's not going to be a baby when he, he does all this negotiating. And he's going to do this not long after the rapture. But there will be a little bit of time between that rapture and the signing of this agreement. No one knows how much time. But there will be some time uh, in there. It's not going to be like the, the church age, which has been a little over 2,000 years. It's nothing like that. But it's not part of this seven years until this agreement is signed. And it's negotiated through peace. All right, now let's look at the second seal. This is a seal of war. And it says, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. In verse 4, And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that, that they should kill one another, and there was uh, given unto him a great sword. Now, the first rider had a bow. This one has a sword. And he's uh, uh, going to do a lot of damage. The thing is, he takes peace from the earth. By the way, a good commentary on chapter 6 is found in your Bible. It's Matthew chapter 24. It gives you a lot of, you need to read that at home and study that as you look over your notes and you think about our lesson tonight on chapter 6. Matthew, did I say Revelation? Matthew chapter 24 is a commentary here on this sixth chapter of Revelation. Now this red horse uh, of course, uh, red, uh, that's blood, right? There's going to be a lot of bloodshed. The peace is going to be taken. This peace is this, has to do with, in a way, with this false peace that the Antichrist is giving. You see, the Antichrist is, is working his way to the middle of the tribulation where he becomes the sole dictator. But he's not that until then. We have things in history that tells us, in fact, Matthew, again, in chapter 24, tell you about they're having wars and rumors of wars. And, and, and that's talked about in prophetic uh, verses talking about this time. So it's not just a time of peace. It's a peace for Israel. And it's a, it's a, it's a real blessing to them. They feel that they have found somebody that understands them. They're still lost as a goose, as a nation. They're not saved, uh, but they, they're given peace. They've never had that in this world. Uh, as you read uh, history and you read Bible history, you'll, you'll know that they don't know what, much about peace. But he went out, uh, 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 this horse, this red horse, and had been given power. There again, his power is given by God. Uh, to him that sat there on, that he could take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. A lot of killing going on in this seven-year period. We're going to see more of it later as we go on. Uh, there's a, a terrible battle back in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, the battle of Gog and Magog, and that not to be confused with the one we'll see in, in uh, the um, end of the uh, millennial reign of Christ. There's a, a, a battle there. Satan has a battle. But this battle in Ezekiel has to do with Russia and other countries uh, that form an alliance. I believe the communist countries will be in that. Uh, I mean... You can see the writing on the wall, friend. Look at the world today. Uh, now we have North Korea making agreements with Russia and China and Russia getting together and Iran. Uh, these countries, uh, Korea's not mentioned in there by name, but Russia and China and, and uh, uh, Iran, uh, those, those countries are mentioned during this battle 
that takes place, that battle takes place at the middle of the tribulation. It, it leads up to wars and carrying on. The Antichrist is trying to get dominant power. He's trying to be soul power. He's trying to be the final dictator. And he succeeds, but he doesn't succeed until the middle of the tribulation. Until then, he's a, a, a messenger of peace. And he's just, uh, just making all kinds of promises and, and they're living together. But there's a terrible time of war when people were going to be killing one another. And, and, there, and, and, and it says, and there was given unto him a great sword. A, a, a lot of weapons. Uh, weapons that we know today that weren't even mentioned in the Bible. When you talk about atomic weapons, talk about how many people were going to be killed. Well, we're going to find out uh, shortly here. Uh, let's look at the third seal. Uh, and it says in verse 5, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard uh, the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. So we've had a white horse, We've had a red horse, and now we have a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, a scale, in other words. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of uh, barley for a penny, and see thou uh, hurt not the oil and the wine. Now let's look at this a little closer. Black horse, uh, talking about death. Talking about death, that's what happens when you have war. You have death. And, and uh, it set on him, and, he, and there's, there's starvation going on here. Uh, there's a great uh, uh, lack of food. You know, people were fighting war. They weren't planting crops. You only have a matter of this is all done in about three-year time here, uh, or three and a half years. And, and so they're all fighting wars. There's wars all over the place. You know, just think about living on, in, on, uh, on the earth and, and, and there's no peace. War everywhere. And that's what's happening. You read Matthew and these other uh, uh, prophetic passages. You say, well, Matthew, that's the gospel. That's not prophecy. Parts of Matthew's prophecy. Matthew 24 and 25 is called the Olivet Discourse. Those are prophetic scriptures. It has nothing to do back at that time and, and nothing really to do in our time. It has to do with the time when Christ comes back again. Now, this black horse uh, and has these balances. The, the penny was about the wage a man made in a day. In other words, they were literally living from hand to mouth to keep from starving. Uh, a lot of people uh, are in the world today that are starving. They say hundreds of thousands uh, there's about a billion people that go to bed hungry, but there, there's there's uh, uh, probably five six hundred thousand, I believe it is, that's, that's actually starving to death uh, as we speak tonight. And and this famine here is going to be worse than that. Uh, this is a, a time of, of 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 famine that that hits this world uh, like it's never happened before. Uh, you know, you have different areas of the country in the world. They have great famines, but uh, we've been pretty much fortunate in our country uh, during the um, uh, Dust Bowl and so forth. There's a lot of people uh, may have starved to death, but uh, not not like this. Uh, the the estimated amount of people. And we'll, we'll notice that in the next uh, uh, seal that's opened. Uh, but it, it's, it's astronomical. Uh, this this uh, barley, it mentions, barley was a cheaper grain. It was usually fed to livestock and that, but people were actually eating that to stay alive. And uh, you think about uh, in our country in the uh, frontier days, uh, 
uh, you hear about Indians eating what we call field corn uh, to stay alive. Now we wouldn't. I've tried to eat that stuff. I don't. I don't see how anybody could eat it, but you could, and you could live on it. Well, it's a cheaper grain. Uh, the barley was. And notice it says, and hurt not the oil and the wine. You know, the wealthy people, and there'll be wealthy people, uh, the rulers, uh, you know, in communism, uh, in, in North Korea, they say in North Korea and parts are eating grass to stay alive. People are starving to death in some of those communist countries like you can't believe. And uh, But those fat cats, you notice they're pretty chunky. <laughs> that guy's ahead of that North Korea, boy, he's getting to be real big. And uh, more ways than one. But he's, uh, he's certainly not starving to death, but a lot of his people do. Now, the fourth seal is the seal of death. And it says, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a, 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 pallid, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill uh, with sword, now notice, with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. Four mechanisms are used to bring about uh, this death. There was the, uh, the sword, the, the, uh, the uh, hunger, and the, the death itself, uh, diseases and so forth, and the beast or literally feeding on the people is what that's a picture of, and it and it shows shows you how bad this gets now. And by the way, if you look on your chart, this is at the pivotal of going into that second half uh, of the seven-year tribulation. I still personally believe this is still the first three and a half years. It's bad. It's, it's not. There's nothing good about the tribulation. There's no good time. There's Jacob's trouble. That's the last three and a half years. That's the most terrible time. But there's no good time. And and I believe this is still describing the bad time. Notice it takes a fourth part of the earth. Today, that would be about one and a half billion people. There's never been anything like that. No no time in history with the the plague that hit... uh, Europe, uh, during the, those terrible years, uh, killed a lot of people, but it didn't kill that many. Millions of people, yes, but not this many. Billion. And, and today, the, the population of the world is somewhere between 7 to 8 billion, somewhere in there. That'd be about a 1.5 billion people. If, and by then, I had to change that figure in my notes. Originally, I had 1 billion. But that's back when the earth had 4 billion people. Uh, when I started teaching this series, but but now there's almost twice that many people uh, in the world, and it's going. It doesn't give a figure. It says a fourth part, the fourth part of the earth, are going to die. Pretty bad, isn't it? No wonder it's called the tribulation. Terrible, terrible time. Let's look now at that fifth seal. Now here's a. A strange seal. You see, things have changed now. You can see that this is at a pivotal time. I believe we're at the close of that first three and a half years here because of this reason. This fifth seal is about martyrs. That's saved people who have died, uh, have, have died at some time, most always a wicked death. And it says in verse 9, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now that tells you these people were saved people. They were uh, products 
of the 144,000 missionaries, Jewish missionaries, we're going to study about next week in chapter 7 about the 144,000 Jewish, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. And by the way, uh, people talk about the lost tribes. God's never lost any of his tribe. He knows, he knows just every one of them. In fact, the matter is, uh, some of them uh, today, I believe, could probably pretty much trace their genealogy with the, the way they can do that today uh, through the uh, DNA and that uh, to show the, some of the different tribes. But in any case, God never did lose them. He always knew who they were. And he's going to show us that clearly next week when he takes 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. And, and it says here that uh, these souls of them that were slain, they were martyred. And they're at the middle of the tribulation. Why do I say that? Because notice what it says. And they cried with a loud voice. They're praying to God. They're crying out to God saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood of them that dwell on the earth? How long? They're martyrs. They're dead. Their souls are under the altar. That's what's viewed here. They're with God. They're safe, but they're, they're crying out for vengeance. That sounds a little strange. For us today, we know that Christ cried out from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, we know that Stephen cried similar as he was stoned to death, that they would, they would be forgiven. And we're living today in that age of grace. That's what we should do. The pastor mentioned in his message there Sunday night that that you know, people that uh, uh, confront you uh, against the things of God, uh, you defend your true your your beliefs. You stand for what's right, but you're always willing to reach out and forgive, no matter what they've done. You ask uh, that they would receive Christ, for God so loved the world, and Christ died for all. And, and that means all. That means any person can be saved. Today we live in this glorious age of grace. This is the age, of again, of judgment. And, and it's not the same. He cried, and here's what the Lord answers. And uh, he, he says here, um, and they cried out how long, uh, and in verse 11, and white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them, is what their reply was, that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. In other words, there's more to die during this tribulation time a great number during that second half. And so God says, just be patient a little while. Just just wait. Uh, I, I can hear you. I know your, your, your uh, desire to, uh, to have judgment passed, but it's just not ready yet. Uh, this, this tribulation is going to be a terrible, terrible thing. And the white robes, you notice, was given unto every one of them. White is righteousness. The righteousness of Christ is shielding them, covering them, comforting them. And and there they are, uh, crying out for vengeance. But God says, just be patient. It won't be long, just a little while. And, and judgment is going to come. And now we come to that sixth seal, which closes this chapter. This sixth seal is titled Terror. 
It says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And of course, nobody's able to stand. But now, I want you to think of this. That chart I gave you, I said that this sixth seal is opened the same time as the seventh the seventh uh, trumpet and the seventh vial is opened. The, the, the uh, seventh seal is not opened until chapter 8. Remember, there's a parenthesis. That's the entire chapter, chapter 7. And in chapter 8, verse 1, and let me just read it to you real quick. Um, it says, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Well, I tell you, that's nothing like the seventh trumpet and the seventh vow. Vow is, I should explain, some times you'll hear that said bold, bold judgments. Uh, the vial, uh, actually, the, the, the uh, utensil that they're talking about here is like a, a deep saucer, uh, like a shallow bowl. Uh, a vial, we think of a vase. Uh, of course, that's a long neck thing. But that's not what they're, they're talking about here uh, when it talks about a vial or the bowl judgments, the vial judgments. This, this makes a big difference. When you look at this uh, sixth seal, when you read that description, the only the only thing you could say is that's the end of it. That's the next thing's happening is Christ's going to be identified as, uh, and and he's going to come and split the skies wide open, and then all the world and he's going to set up his he's going to judge the world. He's going to uh, have the Matthew chapter 25. Uh, you have a, the a judgments of the nations and so forth. That's going to take place. And then he's going to set up his millennial kingdom. This is a description of what's happening at the close. And that's why I say that's why I believe a lot of people have difficulty in understanding the book of Revelation because uh, they're reading it as if it were any other book. And they've just gone verse by verse, chapter by chapter, page by page. And, and you can't do that. Uh, this book is a little bit more difficult in the sense that you have to pay a little more attention. Just like we studied chapter 1, the things which were, and then the things that are, chapters 2 and 3, and the things which shall be hereafter, chapter 4, 5, on up to the end of the book. And... Uh, you have to be able to rightly divide the word of truth uh, to, get a, to get a good understanding of it and not be confused. And when they put these parentheses in, like next week we'll be looking at a parenthesis, chapter 7, which is a, 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 a narrative that tells us about the 144,000. It tells us about the results of their ministry about the multitudes being saved. Uh, don't ever think there'll not be people saved during the tribulation. We've already read 
of some who were saved, these souls under the altar, these are not New Testament saints. We're in heaven at this time. We were taken up in heaven in chapter 4, verse 1, at the rapture. These folks were on earth, and they died on earth, and they're crying out there in that fifth seal. But now, this sixth seal is so descriptive of, of catastrophe. Now, when you read the, the, uh, the record in Matthew uh, 24, uh, you'll see uh, there a lot of the, uh, the things that I'm, I'm speaking about. Another passage is in Luke. Let me, let me give you this one here in Luke. I'll get this thing back on again. Uh, and this is in Luke chapter 21. It's another great uh, prophetic passage. Luke chapter 21. And I want to read verses 25 through verse 28. 25. And this is a, a, this is a section that's talking about the return of Christ. It runs parallel with that in Matthew uh, verses 29 through 31. And also in Mark 13 24 through 27. But now listen to what Luke says in chapter 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distresses of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, uh, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall you, they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, uh, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And so uh, that's in Luke 21. That's another great chapter. Uh, sections talking about the coming of Christ at the second coming, at the end of the tribulation period. Not the rapture, but the end of the tribulation period. And uh, you go to the, uh, tr- uh, the, trump- the seventh trumpet, uh, you'll find that in Revelation 11 and verses 15 through 18. And then uh, the seventh vial is in Revelation 16 verses 17 through 21. That's the, the last of those judgments. And they go in with this judgment. There's three great earthquakes in the book of Revelation. They're located here in chapter 6 and the sixth seal and then in chapter 11 and the seventh trumpet and in chapter 16 with the seventh vow. And I believe it's all the same event. It's just like I said, a one, two, three punch. And the, the judgment just keeps increasing with, with more power. And uh, when we go through these chapters and we talk about this, the trumpets will be the next series of, of uh, judgments. And then after that, of course, the vows. And in between each, again, there's parentheses, which gives us more light. Uh, we learn about the 144,000 by studying our next chapter, chapter 7. If it wouldn't be for that, you wouldn't have uh, to know that. Now, that thing got a second hand, and I thought it was my finished hand on that clock. So I've got a little bit of time left. Now let me let me look back on my notes because I know I I didn't cover a lot of stuff that I intended to bring out because I no, never have enough time and never have when I have too much time. Uh, but um, that fifth seal uh, uh, gives us a view of God's grace. I think is a tremendous uh, teaching there. Uh, about the tribulation martyrs. And again, they were martyred for two reasons, for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. That's, again, we know we're living in these last days. 
You look at what's happened in our lifetime. I talked to my sister today, who's a retired nurse, and she's just a young girl. She turned 80. And uh, she's the baby of the family. But I'm talking to her today, and, and she's a good Christian girl. And uh, we were um, talking about changes we've seen. And how, I mentioned to her how that in, in our lifetime, uh, and many of you could, could remember this. Some of you are old enough to remember this. That, uh, that when, I was, when I went to school as a boy, uh, we met. And in elementary schools, of course, you stayed in the same class, same teacher. A little school like I went to had two grades together, seventh and eighth grade. Uh, but all of them were divided, two grades to a teacher. But every class, whether you're in the first grade or you're in the 12th grade in high school, high school you didn't have the same organization, but you had the same procedure. One you did in high school, you went to your home room for opening exercises. In elementary school, you just go to your classroom. And Mrs. Fike was my teacher, uh, I, I, um, an old uh, maid a woman, her and her sister, both were school teachers, lived just down close to the school. Godly lady, very, very nice lady. But she start her class, like all classes were started then, with taking the Bible and reading from the Word of God, usually in the Psalms or Proverbs. She didn't preach. She didn't teach. She just read the Scriptures. And then we'd have prayer and then we salute the flag. And that was the start of every day. It's not like that anymore, folks. I, I can remember as a boy where homosexuality was against the law. And if they caught a person practicing it, they put them in jail. It was punishable by the law. Now look at it. Now, if you criticize them or, or expose them for being wickedness, as the Bible says it is, uh, they call you a hate speech, and they'll put you in jail. But, but how the, the world has changed. I, we've seen the Bible taken out of the school, prayer not out of the school, and what's in the school? Pornography. School libraries is in the news today. Listen to it. They're, they get up in these school meetings and take a book out of their library and these parents are reading it and they're making a whole oh, stop it. You can't, you can't say that here. This is a mixed crowd. You can't talk like that. Why? You're giving it to our kids. It's not bad enough that they're teaching the kids that, but now they're mutilating it's not bad enough that they killed over 60 billion babies, excuse me, 60 million babies through abortion. But now they're actually those who survived the abortion. Now they want to mutilate them. That's the world we're living in today. Now what do you think it's going to be like in this day? When, this, when the, the church, the Christians are taken out of the world, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is taken out of the world, don't ever think the Holy Spirit is taken out of the world because that's not possible. The Holy Spirit is God, and you can't take God out of anything. And because of the Holy Spirit, there were people saved underneath that altar that we read about. And, and so his ministry changes, but, it, but he's still here. But whenever that's taken away, the restraint that Christians has on our country is still is very small. It's getting smaller by the minute, but it's still, it's still there. This is the time we live in. This is the time that the, the Bible is talking about God bringing judgment in a world that's full of sin. They rejected the Christ, but they will accept the Antichrist. The world, uh, the, when the saved are taken out, 
dealt, he gives them a, a, a promise of peace. This world today would give anything for peace. And this, uh, this guy is going to have the answer. Old flannel mouth is going to have it. The Bible says in, in, in Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, that God is going to send a strong delusion that people will believe those lies. You look at what's happening today, the only way people could do and act and, and, and say they believe the stuff they believe today is that they have to be deluded. It's satanic. If you want to ever try to connect all the strings together with the way the government is going, the way homosexuality is going, the way the, 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 the rules of our country is going and, and the schools and, the, and everything going in this world, you can just t- see it's Satan's handiwork. He is the prince and the power of his heir. And the further the people get away from God, the more evident his work is. And they like him. We are the oddballs. We are the nuts. And again, I can remember in a day when, when Christianity was, was uh, something sought and, and, and held up, proud to be a Christian. Not like that today. The modern day so-called Christian, the member of that Laodicean church that we studied about, not very much about God, anything about them. Nothing like the Christianity that we knew as a child. And that's how fast it's changing. We're going to see some rapid change in these next few weeks. But, but remember this. Studying the book of Revelation is like my, my son used to say when you sit down to a great big meal and you, you're overwhelmed with the size of the portions and that. And he says, Dad, he says, it's just like eating an elephant. It's just one bite at a time. <laughs> and, and that's the way we're, we're going to take the book of Revelation. We're not going to try to get it all at one grab. We're just going to take one bite at a time. And we're going to trust God to, to, to help us through the Spirit of God teaching us and, and in 